When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. 
Today here, we're going to talk about the offense, such as it was, from that Tennessee game. Not a bad offensive game, but not the, the result we wanted, obviously. And to join us here is A.C. Slade, otherwise known as Big Play Receiver. How you doing, A.C.? Pretty good, Ken. Good to be with you. How you doing? Uh, doing great, as well as we can be, given all the news that's come out about the Ravens, the last couple yeah. of losses, all those things. Uh, COVID rumors obviously swirling at the castle right now. We don't really know the extent of it right now as we record on Tuesday night. It could be a lot worse by the right. midday tomorrow. Right. Sure could. Sure could. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some of these things. And I think the first question I have for you, AC, is what is it that the Ravens can take as a positive from this game offensively? That J.K. Dobbins, I like to use his full name sometimes, Jacqueline Dobbins, is the back that they hoped they got when they drafted him in the second round. I know a lot of folks wanted a receiver at that point. Um, I think we were at, or the board was at, wide receiver 13, mm-hmm. I believe. So you're taking wide receiver 13 at that slot. Might have been if, Denzel Mims, right? Yeah, Denzel Mims, yeah, went the, the pick before. And um, so, but J.K. Dobbins is a good back. He mm-hmm. his balance, his quickness, his uh, his contact strength. You know, breaking tackles. Um, he hits the edge uh, uh, in a in a blur when he when he has that straight line shot. Um, we haven't seen a lot of him out of the backfield. I thought we'd see more to date, mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, we, we still, we're seeing kind of like the check down, mm-hmm. uh, you know, targets. Um, I figured we'd see something a little bit further downfield. Um, but I, I think he's terrific and I think they realize that he's terrific. And, um, and that is the, not the lone bright spot, but certainly the brightest, right. Yeah. In this game. Yeah. I, I thought there were others, but, I, but I, I'm really happy with JK Dobbins. And the other thing I'm happy with him is a blocker that you didn't yes. mention. He's been a, he's been a good mm-hmm. pass blocker uh, yes. frequently, and he made a great block on Bryant's play. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, he might he made the play for Bryant with that block uh, more than more Right, than on, the, on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when, it, when it happened, I kind of said, oh, man. That's a great block. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was really nice to see. Um, he, he did have one whiff, and, 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 and you may have seen it differently, um, that um, kind of caused some trouble. Um, on the sack. Yeah, on the sack and uh, in overtime, the first series. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, and I, I just think he just wasn't looking. He was looking, you know, he was looking at the a gaps, and um, and that backer, you know, came more from the C, and uh, by the time he realized it, he was essentially on his on his shoulder, and he mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't recover. Yeah, it was he was he was one of three who I uh, traded that sack to. But before we get into the offensive line play, I've got to do a little reader here uh, for my bookie, uh, friend of the show here. Thanksgiving's all about traditions like turducken with mashed potatoes and betting on football with my bookie's Turkey Day free play. My bookie's third annual Turkey Day free play returns Thanksgiving Thursday. Your chance to bet up to two hundred and fifty dollars risk free on the early Thanksgiving game. The Turkey Day free play is a no risk all gravy wager on the full game spread. Pick the right team and you win. If your team's upset, your bet, up to $250, is refunded before the next afternoon game. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 to help add even more juice 
to the greatest football weekend of the year. Now use that for that. You use the the code Ravens, R-A-V-E-N-S. I hope you know how to spell Ravens. If you don't, you might be too low for that bar. Uh, Otherwise, claim your bonus on the free bet. Uh, Definitely a very substantial bonus relative to other gambling sites out there. Um, The best part is that's only the beginning. My bookie has promotional promotions all holiday weekend, and you'll be eligible for them as well. That's why my bookie, that's why at my bookie, they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk, all gravy, baby. Don't forget to use the promo code Ravens to claim your freebies. All right, AC, we're going to go on and talk a little bit about the offensive line now. Is that good with you? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to go through the overall first, as I usually do. The Ravens had 63 scored snaps on offense. They allowed four penalties on the offensive line. That's pretty serious for a game. A couple of false starts, both of them were pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, an offensive hold and a clipping. Uh, those two were less significant, but those false starts, each of them, one took a third and one to third and five. And another uh, was came on a on a snap that was very significant near the goal line that set up a first and fifteen right. uh, when that snap was early. So a, a kind of a bummer. The offensive line only got two thirds of one sack charged to them. No other quarterback hits in this game. Four pressures, very low total for thirty dropbacks, or a low total for thirty dropbacks. I won't say a very low total. Uh, they gave Jackson ample time and space on thirteen of thirty plays, forty three percent. It's a high total uh, for today's game and the run blocking included just one penetration one run for a loss it was actually charged to McCarry in the game do you think i don't i didn't take a chance or take a look at your scores your grades from the playoff game Mm -hmm. was this a better performance than that game for the oh yeah oh yeah the the offense significantly um, you know, the, the, it's different for grades and whatnot. I mean, this, mm-hmm. they, they, they had some grading issues this game because of the penalties mm-hmm. and that game, they had it more, they were giving up some pressure events. They had a, uh, you know, some failed high leverage plays, including a fourth and one very tentative pull out of Bozeman, which, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's only one block missed, but it's, right. it's equivalent of like missing 10 blocks. Yeah. The impact. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I was, I was pretty happy with, um, withholding you know mm-hmm. and it's like we need to hold in to hold the line right and yeah. and, I, and i think he held the line you know held his own maybe it's better said uh pretty well um for what could be, be expected you know he's kind of a journeyman what have you and oh you know, yeah kind of <laughs> thr- thrust in you know to a uh a, a contending team versus uh a defensive front that's uh you know that's pack some punch to it and he, and he certainly held his own so that was good to see well let's let's get to the individual scoring we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to will holden because i think his performance was one of the bright spots as you mentioned uh we'll start with orlando brown he came back from a fairly mediocre game against the pats he only allowed 1.5 pressures he probably had the most difficult assignment uh with harold landry opposite him uh, it, it was, I think, the toughest on the line. He had three out of five pulls in the game. Ravens running a lot of counter in this with two-man left-to-right pulls. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably noticed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he continues to have trouble making backside contributions to the run, which is one of the few real flaws in his game. Stanley, a lot more athletic, able right. to get under level two and make blocks, but uh, Orlando otherwise pretty exceptional at left tackle since he's been there. Yeah, he just struggles to get there right uh backside to get to level two he's just 
you know, he's just not the fastest you know, guy out there. He's, he's pretty heavy footed. Obviously, if you get your, he gets his mitts on you, you're, you're, you're pretty much done. And if he locks you up, you know, he'll, he'll try to sit on you or lay on you as well. But um, I, I think he's filled in quite admirably um, to the left tackle spot. And um, I, I, I can't imagine that the, the staff is, is remotely disappointed at all. With what with what he's done, I mean, they got to be pretty, pretty happy. I mean, you know, he's not the all pro that Stanley uh, was, uh, uh, you know, prior to, but he, he's done really good work. So moving on to Bradley Bozeman, he had a solid game. He wasn't without warts. Uh, party to three pressures, and I do partial events. You may have heard me uh, soapbox about this before, but uh, yeah. one plus a half plus a quarter for a total of one point seven five, a third of a sack. Uh, that's some significant pressure to uh, to give up at guard. Three missed blocks. He went 11 of 15 on pulls, and part of that was because he got a minus two for a third of a sack that effectively cost him three of the four points missed on pulls. So he really had a very fine game pulling again, really, really drives that power run game. I think that's one of the reasons they were reluctant to move him to center, which obviously was suggested in the course of things here. Right. And I believe he, he played a little center in, in, in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And um, yeah, they have a lot of diversity in their offensive line over, over the years, actually. I, I tell you, I, I wrote him hard last year, Bozeman. And um, I just felt like he was, he was reaching too much. He wasn't, you know, bringing, rolling his hips through. He wasn't bringing really his lower half through into a lot of his blocks. He was reaching a lot. And and I but I've really been impressed with him this year. He's played a lot better. Um, whether he's worked on those weaknesses uh, specifically or other things, but um, yeah, I've been I've been pretty happy with him uh, in in the lineup. Well, he's certainly he's been probably the Ravens' most consistent lineman, along with Brown, since mm-hmm. about week seven of last year, in my opinion. He finished the year very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not start the year very strong. No, that's for not sure. At all. Move on to McCary at, at center. Uh, kind of interesting that they decided he was the guy, but he'd done all the shotgun snapping in the 2019 camp. He did all the seven-on-seven seven snaps. Mm, okay. So I guess he was the guy they figured could clean that up most securely, and he did have a good game with with the exception of the one early snap, which I charged him that penalty, even though there were people moving all over. It was really McCary's early snap that I think right. was the problem, and Jackson wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, he gave up a penetration, a third of a third of the one sack, missed five blocks. Without that penalty, he'd have a, had a C. With the penalty, he gets a D. Uh, I still think his ability to kind of clean up the play in the middle was one of the things that helped the Ravens' offense stay in the game. And I tell you, those uh, and it, and it's it's the bigger story of the season so far and that early snap that you mentioned in maybe most cases it's not a big deal but i tell you the the, the penalties the miscues the drops the slight overthrows just game by game what we're seeing is that they just come at the worst times yeah in, in a one score game that's always going to be true i mean I, my defensive article i led with the 18 plays that lost the game but it's it's you know it's you got 18 plays on there if if any one of them happens, you might win the game. If any mm-hmm. two of them happens, you probably do win the right, game. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, 
anyway, obviously, particularly when the game's tied at the end of regulation, you know, it's it's a one play game the whole sure. way, pretty much. Sure. All right, let's move on to right guard where Powers played his first full game as a pro. In a lot of ways, it was excellent. Uh, unfortunately, two penalties really mar- marred the outing. One of them, very avoidable, was a clipping penalty in level two. It was really after the play was done, mm-hmm. and it was a low, nasty hit. I know Powers wants to cultivate that personality, but right. that's not the way to do it at the NFL level. One of the good things that has been true of Ravens linemen over the past several years is that they've typically been able to clean up holding calls. And he had one of those incredible ticky-tack hold. In fact, mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was called on Fluker because Fluker really did hold his. Right. Exactly. Powers, yeah, powers I saw that in the replay. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the announcers called that out too. Like, wait, yeah. that's no hold there. That yeah. was Fluker. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the man opposite Powers called for the flag. And I don't remember who that was. I think it was 98, so I'm forgetting who that was. But anyway, yeah. he t- tossed his hands up, and they gave it to him. Uh, but uh, but anyway, either way, he got a D for the game uh, with those two penalties. But he only missed four blocks and gave up half a pressure. So in terms of his actual blocking results, he was a lot better than that. And, and I think that's something to look forward to is being pretty correctable with Power's game. And it's really all that's been wrong has been – two holding calls and a clipping call now in all of his professional play, which only totals about two games worth. But uh, that's, that's really all that he's done wrong. So it's, it's, it'd be, I'm looking forward to what he can do after he cleans that up. Yeah, I think uh, I, well, I would like to know what the, what the club truly thinks about him. It's been uh, anticipated (laughs) among, um, you know, I told you, I, you know, I, I um, interact with Michael Crawford quite a bit, uh, Cole Jackson and others. But it's been anticipated that he would have just kind of found his way into the starting lineup by by now. It's, yeah, by attrition. By yeah, so, yeah, by, yeah, by attrition, by uh, let's just see if, if this, this you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, makeup will work for this game. Um but he just he I don't know what he's struggling with day to day or practice to practice. I would really like to know because he he seems to be, you know, the kind of O-lineman that 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 you would want. You know, he he, ha- he has that edge. He has that attitude. Um, he's he's got decent feet. Right. He's not he's not a complete, yeah, he's not, not a plotter a out there, you know. No. Um, so, Good yeah. Power. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, it's, it's he's he's an odd one to figure out. But I think you're right. I think it's I think it's what we're not seeing in practice that's a problem. He very publicly failed at center with about three missed shotgun snaps when they tried him there. Uh, but in you know, given the fact that he's been apparently behind, um, you know, Phillips, who's a rookie, and and mm-hmm. McCary. And he's a second-year guy, so he's he's one of the guys the Ravens really need to find out what they have. I've liked what I've seen in these couple of games and in all the basically the time he's played, with the exception of the penalties. I'm really having a hard time to figure out why it took us so long to get here. And and what we've seen a lot with young linemen is they pick up a couple of penalties in their first game. Jensen, when he first started center, had three in his first game, didn't have any more. I, re- I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we Orlando Brown had two, I believe, in his second game and didn't have any more. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, uh, McCary had two in his first game and didn't have it. He had, I think he had one more. But anyway, there's been a tendency for those to get coached out pretty well by Delisandris once they occur and, and mm-hmm. you know, they kind of learn the rules of engagement. 
So you 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 think you may you may be on that path with powers? I, I'm you know I think if if the trend holds up and the coaching improves play the way it has in the past, and I think you know we've got a winner in powers because he looks otherwise the part. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's move on to right tackle here. And the and the the guy you mentioned earlier was Holden. He didn't actually start the game. Fluker did. Um, but Holden saw his first NFL action. Since he's last played in the NFL in 2018 with the Cardinals, he's been released eight times. Wow. So <laughs> that's really hard to do by, by by seven teams, including the Ravens, the Cardinals right. a couple that's times. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they brought him up from the practice squad. They didn't even have him protected the whole year, despite the fact that in a COVID year, I would think a left tackle, yeah, left tackle right. is something you'd want to protect. Mm-hmm. And then he comes up and he plays like this and they're sending him back down. He actually could have been taken yesterday. I'm mildly oh. surprised that did not happen. Wow. Yeah. You because know, somebody could have signed him right away. Yeah, just out of spite, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he played well. What the heck? I mean, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, he looked mobile to me. He had four blocks in level two, a couple of really nice highlight combination blocks. Uh, I, I was very positive on his play. The only thing he did was have very silly false start. Um, otherwise, he did not have a missed block, which is extremely rare at tackle because if you run runs to the left, usually on the backside of the play, you might pick up a missed block. But mm-hmm. uh, terrific game. And how many snaps did he have? I didn't, uh, I didn't take a note on that. Scored, scored snaps, he had 29. I believe he might have had 30 if you look at the game book, but then there's uh, accepted penalties. And actually, in his case, it's the false start that he right. had mm-hmm. is not included in those 29. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I tell you, that's, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mentioned him as, as a bright spot earlier. Um, yeah. Just, just really pleased. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it's such a surprise and a pleasant surprise when a player that, you know, expect much from comes in and he gets opportunities, whether it's because of injury, like in-game opportunities, right? So, you know, okay, he's, yeah, he's called up, but they won't use him, mm-hmm. so we don't have to worry about him. But all of a sudden, you see him out there in the field, and you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? And he performs very well, or he makes a big catch, or he moves the chains a couple times, you know, for a game-winning or a game-tying drive. You're like, oh, wow, this is great. It's just really, really good to see, you know, is he going to play like this every game? I don't know. Maybe it, it's it's unlikely, right, based on based upon his history. But who knows? Maybe this is a system and maybe what he's being asked to do just, just, just fits with him right now. Yeah, there are things about the offense last year where it made it a lot easier for the right tackle in particular. I thought Brown really benefited from that. He still played well at left tackle. But, you know, there's so much just of a simple down block being the first block for that right tackle. And you Mm -hmm. let the edge defender go, which really makes that whole blocking system easy. Holden, I mean, there was some of that in in Holden's play. But the fact that he missed no blocks and and there weren't any significant mistakes, uh, you know, in the the game other than the false start, Mm -hmm. you know, speaks volumes to me. And if you really look at what the Ravens have had at right tackle since Brown vacated the position. Because, you know, obviously the team only had two tackles. We wondered if Brown could play left tackle. We did, We thought we didn't have anybody to play right tackle. And all, all of right. a sudden, Fluker, who played terrible early in the year, came back and played well. And he's played well now three out of four games. Just one bad half of football. We'll get to Fluker next. Um, McCary played there well for one half against New England. And now we've had Holden play well for one half, too. It's all, it was like an embarrassment of riches at the position in a very <laughs> minor way. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about Fluker before we, before we move on here because uh, he gave up one and a half pressures in this game. Uh, let me make sure I'm, I'm reading from the right sheet here. Yes, he, he did not give up any pressures in this game. He had five missed blocks on 34. Um, it worked out to be an A minus, four level two blocks. Again, that's nice for a, for a right tackle. One pancake, one out of one on poles. Asking Fluker to pull, that's bold. Uh, a, a very a very unusually good game from Fluker. And he'd had two good games before that New England game when he really imploded and seemed to be basically holding people and grabbing people on every play. I did think he got away with a hold in this game, but I still say he played pretty well. And uh, he got an A- minus in this game on my system. Yeah, I, I was watching him probably more so than anyone else. Um, and I, yeah, he, he got away with a few holds. Um, I would say trying to go off of memory which is always bad i would say two two or certainly two maybe three holds he got away from, uh got away with and that's fine right um you know you're gonna you're gonna catch some and 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 you know the refs are going to miss some as well i just you know he played well early on and i think that had to do with just you know new home i'm sure that i'm sure the guys and the staff welcomed him with open arms he was thrust, <clears throat> excuse me, into, he was thrust into the starting position. And, um, and, and, and so I think he was kind of riding that high, but, um, you know, old habits, you know, set in, uh, I, I think he probably was, was keyed on slightly, um, as well, uh, as the season moved along and, 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 and the old fluker kind of, kind of came out. You know? Right. Well, he, he's kind of lost two positions this year. So he lost the guard job at some point during training camp because he certainly appeared to be the physical superior to Phillips. Mm-hmm. And you look at Phillips. I mean, he, he he does look a pretty squared off adult body at this point. I think he still probably has some some gains to make from a strength perspective. But it was I thought it was kind of more of an organizational choice that they decided one Fluker was one of the real backups they had to tackle, and two is they really wanted a young guy to win the right guard job because it would pay more dividends in the future if that happened. I think you're exactly right about uh, ultimately putting Phillips there um, at, at, at right guard. I think um, I, I think also I think they were just high on him as well. Um, I think they, you know, this is not the first time and, and it's not unique to the Ravens, but certainly it's not the first time the Ravens have taken um, a college tackle, particularly a right tackle, and then put him in, uh, put him inside a guard. And I think they were just, um, you know, not to say that they thought he was yonder, right? But, I, you know, but I think they were kind of fine with that move and, and as a replacement for Yonda, um, a numeric replacement, obviously, uh, not a, not a, a skill replacement they thought that you know it made sense to give him that chance yeah and um yeah poor guy uh, just just couldn't seem to uh, to do it all right let's move on and talk about lamar jackson in this game uh, i did want to make sure scurry made nine of his nine blocks as a sixth offensive lineman i thought really good mobility in this game as well yeah and he came in right here um in some of those um uh, red zone formations, uh, I, I believe, right? When he was um, stacked at the edge. Uh, they had, the ex- him, they had him on, on first down. They did have him in the red zone for sure on, on mm-hmm. when they were close to the goal line, but they had him in all over the field, honestly, the field. as a okay. sixth lineman. And it's part of like replacing what Boyle does with multiple players because there mm-hmm. isn't anybody who can, who can do all of that. No, unfortunately not. Okay. 
let's move on. Talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson now. Uh, obviously, some mixed results on long passes. I want to talk a little bit about those and some individual plays uh, in particular. And I thought we'd just go in some kind of chronological order through the game, uh, mm-hmm. if that's good with you. But yeah, he absolutely. Underthrew that ball in the end zone to Andrews that was tipped by Bayard uh, late in the first quarter. Uh, kind of a, a uh, what would I call it? A uh, max protect. They had a couple extra blockers that stayed in. Usually, by the way, but so what do you define max protect at? Do you, do you say two extra blockers, which is kind of my definition, or do you say it has to be three? Two. Yeah. Yeah, two. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That ball underthrown it's a shame you know in terms of of uh of not getting the ball out on time not getting the ball there on time but mm-hmm. uh but you know i could live with it if it was the only miss yeah and and i think um again looping back to common themes um that's just what we're seeing week in and week out is he's just off by a little bit just a little bit and i don't think we realize that how much he was on um, by that same margin last year, um, last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we were just, we were just taking it all in, right. We were enjoying every, every big play, every touchdown, whether red zone or, or go zone. And, and it was great. And, and now we're seeing that's just a little bit off and it's, it's, you know, it's just a mirror image. I would like to see them do more to not, roll the pocket that 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 play they intentionally rolled the pocket and they you know they got max protect going and they and they had everybody over by the right sideline obviously yeah. following jackson in that particular case i think he just narrows the field and he does that he's a great pocket quarterback just I, keep him there yeah no I, I totally agree and there was one where they uh i can't remember which series but they were going left to right i'm pretty sure and it was a rollout right and they ran um stacked outs into the boundary and it just had no chance the play had no chance mm-hmm. you know um and just yeah I, i'm i'm totally with you on that less rollouts if you know i'm okay with 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 nakeds back the back the other way but i think mm-hmm. rollouts to the flow um of the play is it's it's just not there particularly too when you have everyone and the way the titans were playing everyone just had their eyes on uh on lamar Right. You know, and so, you know, that that movement is not getting you anything. Yeah, that's it's, that's it's, true. It's all and, and it really takes away a big part of the field where you can throw to, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, it doesn't matter that Dobbins, for instance, on on this was on the third and third and sixth play, I guess it was right before they had to kick the field goal at the end. Dobbins was right down by the goal line. And mm, he was yeah. the only guy who was yeah. breaking free of his coverage, but he's, he's you know, 50 yeah, yards yeah, away. Right. Way field, yeah. No, I, I do remember that. Cause I was, I, I said, let me look backside to see what was going on backside. Mm-hmm. And sure enough. Yeah. He was sitting there. Yep. By the way, just to talk about that play, since we're on it for a second, <laughs> I did not think that they gave Lamar the proper instruction pri- prior to that play. Or maybe maybe it's just Lamar is not considering the game situation the way he should. But that was a play where the Ravens had all the time in the world to run that play. And unusual, they could they could afford to take a sack and a pretty bad sack. Mm-hmm. So they could have gotten sacked all the way back to say the twenty five yard line, set up a forty three yard field goal for Tucker to tie the game. That's really not that much. That brings it down to ninety five percent from ninety nine percent probably right. if they kick it shorter. 
But I thought he had a chance to score had he reversed his field and beaten Landry. So Landry was the only guy who was trying anymore. Everybody else completely out of juice. Mm-hmm. There was a purple picket fence of potential blockers. Now, they're not typically allowed to block. It'd be a crackback, but they can stay high and kind of obstruct the players. Yeah, get in the way, sure. Yeah, and, and that would have given him a chance to go back to that other side of the field where there were only three defenders. And there was a one safety who wasn't exactly a spy, but it was the only guy who was in the middle of the field. And he would have had to track him down. I just think there's not a good chance that very high probability of a first down and then a timeout or even a pretty good chance of a touchdown uh, occurring. Might have been 25%, 30% for a touchdown had he reversed his field and beaten Landry, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I did see that opportunity. Um, Yeah, because, again, I was looking backside for receivers. And then I realized, well, oh, well, hell, if he reverses his field. And, yeah, he, he gets outside. He gets leverage on Landry. Um, and who knows, right? You reverse your field, maybe Landry slips. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier than even as we're talking through it now. You know, then he's got a beeline on the goal line with that one kind of off safety um, uh, to beat. But yeah, I, no, I agree. It's, I think he also is reluctant, Lamar is, to, to roll left for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But I think at some point in time, and it won't happen in season, right? So it would have, have to happen off season if it happens at all. And it could be any off season, but obviously the sooner the better. Um, he watches enough film and he sees what he's being given by the mm-hmm. defense, right? Because he, he, he has to be sick of looking at game film on Mondays and Tuesdays and seeing what's being taken away from him. Right. He's got to be sick of that. So, so <laughs> he needs to start looking for, what, okay, what are they giving me? And, oh, by the way, it would help be helpful if his offensive coordinator was in the same mindset. And perhaps he is, but I'm, I'm not so sure we're seeing the results of that right. if, if he indeed is. Well, one of, one of the things that, that would have been interesting is you had three, three covering three exactly from the, the goalposts all the way to the left. I mean, from the right goalpost all the way to the left. Mm-hmm. If, if he runs to that matchup and that other mid-range safety, Kalu, I think was the guy's name, doesn't get into position to make the tackle, um, one of those three is going to have to ditch his man and move up and just take a take a chance because Jackson otherwise will will, will score on his own. Right. When that when that happens, Jackson has shown good ability to improvise into a throw. He did it on a Boyle touchdown at. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Buffalo last year, a Boyle touchdown. I think earlier this year, uh, where where he, you know, kind of shoveled the ball. But yeah, anyways, that's the play I was thinking about this year. Uh, yeah. Can't remember the opponent, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, lots of good opportunity to do that. Sorry that opportunity was missed because that let the game get, go to overtime there. Uh, let's go back to some of the other Lamar throws that were deep, though. The the ball that was too late in the end zone, Q two six fifty. This was the one for Brown. Got to get that ball out earlier, Absolutely. obviously. And you know, with Brown. I don't know why they can't do it. Brown was behind the defense that time, but you just got to throw to an open spot in the field and throw it early. Let him run under it. Exactly. I completely agree. No, I completely agree. It's, it's, um, I, to me, it's as if, and I'm not saying this is true. This is just how I process information when I'm seeing it's almost as if Lamar has a death perception problem. Like he, he cannot distinguish whether a receiver running directly away from him, right? Not on, not on uh, a flat, not a flat, uh, a normal post, but like a skinny post or a go or a fly. He cannot distinguish if 
that receiver has a half step separation or two steps separation um because the ball is coming out late Mm -hmm. just way too often or he's he's overthrowing he's seldom underthrowing we saw that once um to marquise brown against kansas city down the right uh the right side and we saw this against tennessee to duvernay um which was just a puzzling throw um all together but yeah, I I don't know how else to explain what I'm seeing. And again, I'm not saying he has a death perception problem. I have no idea. But that's just how you know someone with a death perception problem would will be throwing deep balls, just like Lamar is right now. Yeah, interesting notion. Uh, the the really perfect throw went to Andrews. There's something about that throw that I really liked. But Hollywood Brown is not probably going to like it. Um, Brown and Andrews ran complementary routes, and and what I say when I what I mean when I say that is that the deep safety had to make a choice between covering Andrews to the outside and covering Brown, and he chose Brown, and in so doing, he made it very easy to make a pitch and catch throw to Andrews, and both otherwise had beaten their trailing coverage on the play. Uh, I that's that's a great thing for Andrews and, and the ability for Jackson to read where that safety's going and make his throw accordingly. What it's bad for is it's going to be harder to scheme throws for Brown because mm-hmm. I was thinking one of the ways they do that is to basically run a complimentary route with Andrews and have the safety peel off for Andrews. Yeah. yeah because that, that's honestly, that's who I would cover. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, based upon um, history and, and, and the uses of each, each receiver, um, each pass catcher, um, to date this season, 2020 seasons, that I would, yeah, I would choose Andrews all the time over yeah. Brown. Other teams may do that as we go on. Uh, a touchdown to Andrews, obviously just a perfect throw. The throw behind Duvernay, you kind of mentioned. The fact that it was behind him made him readjust. It was a little bit overthrown, but it, I still think Duvernay has to track that ball better and get back into def- and, and turn into a defender on the play. It's, it's still frustrating to me. Yeah, 100%. Duvernay um, watched quite a bit of him in college. Um, can't really say I like the fit for him on the club. I, you know, love the speed, obviously. Love his hands. The guy will catch anything. But he's also a very good deep ball tracker. He showed that time and time again at Texas. And so I was you know, more surprised than probably anybody um, you know, that I speak to about Ravens games that he completely misjudged mm-hmm. that ball. Um, and he, he, he stopped early and I don't know if he lost, if he just lost it, you know, in, in the, in the hazy sky or something, but. Introducing the Lowe's list for innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Um, yeah, I was really surprised how badly he misplayed that ball. It was, it was actually, I thought it was a good pass. You know, it was, it was a, 
switch of shoulders. So it was actually, it was on the, on the other side of him. Andrews had a switch of shoulders on his touchdown pass. So you can do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, it was a little bit unfortunate. I would think Duvernay as a return man, and I don't know what kind of punt return he's done, done, but this applies in a lesser way to kickoffs where you have to run to a spot and then be ready to explode into the return. Mm-hmm. Right. I would have thought he'd be in a better position to, to kind of make that play. Yeah. And, and another note too, I think that was another late throw. Um, by Lamar, not not grossly late, but um, he he saw it long before, not long before, but in football time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he saw it long before he threw it. All right, all right. And then of course, the, one of the really costly misses in the game, obviously being called short on the spot for Lamar's run. Begins short, then having Andrews false start make it a make it a third and five instead of a third and inches, then had a ball downfield that Andrews is wide open, mm-hmm. but the ball just is slightly behind him. A catch Andrews probably could have made and made it look spectacular, right. but it's really a bad throw by Lamar is what it really comes down to. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, yeah, no doubt about that. Yep, he he needed a better throw there, but I tell you, that false start. Just it still drives me crazy. Yep. It try. You are on the end of the line of scrimmage, on a sneak play, mm-hmm. and you are hell bent on getting to the second level. Just hold your water. That's I mean, all you what, do. what was he thinking? Mm-hmm. He if they get that, because they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Let's just say right. And who knows? Harbaugh might go for it on fourth down, but they get that. They probably take off at least another two minutes off the clock. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee got the ball with five seven forty three seven forty three. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So it takes it down to now five forty three, mm-hmm. right? Thereabouts at least, and they probably burn a timeout timeout during the transition um, before the punt, possibly yeah. right. So now they're down uh, to two timeouts, I believe, is what they would have had left. Um, at least two minutes less time to work with on their final drive you know it's just again we see it every game it's just these little things that become they they they, their impact is so great on the game and this they weren't doing that last year and when they were doing it last year they were able to recover um, yeah mostly because they were put put the ball in in the end zone they're pummeling the opponents so badly right. that they really couldn't keep up with the scoring exactly. lines anyway. Exactly. So. All right. Uh, I thought Lamar did look good with Max Protect. I hope they go with more of that. Uh, I love the notion of getting the two or three Lamar uh, uh, receivers that Lamar will actually look at into the pattern, <laughs> particularly when the opponent is playing you know, some zone schemes where the, the, the defense isn't really collapsing because of Lamar himself often. Mm-hmm. That you know you you have a you have a better opportunity to still get a one on one matchup even though you've only got three receivers in the pattern. It's not like you're going to automatically get double coverage or whatever. Or you're <laughs> not going to have your you. safety collapse on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that, and I thought I, I hope they do more of that. And I think the trickle out notion really fits well with who Lamar is as a quarterback and getting that getting a receiver out at three and a half seconds, say, to be a to be a, a secondary alternative on those plays. It may even take a take a player, take a spy away from Lamar in that sort of situation if you if you uh, trickle a guy point. out late. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Very good point. 
All right. I think we talked about the third down play at the end. That's all I really have to say about Lamar. Any other points you would make about Lamar from this game? Uh, from this game particularly, um, I, I, I think it is good compared to last year's game. Obviously, the scoreboard was was different and the circumstances were much different. But I never saw him rattle this mm-hmm. this game, you know, um, at, at, at all. And, and, and obviously, it's, again, it's a little bit different when, you're, when you have the lead. But once when that lead evaporated, they they had the chance to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. And this would have been his comeback, you know, you know, f- uh, fourth quarter game winning drive, you know, that people say, you know, the kid can't execute, but that's all they did was execute on that drive. It just, you know, got down to the early early snap, and then that, you know, throws things off. A couple of questionable play calls, um, you know, quite frankly, from the OC. And, um, and, you know, it didn't happen. But, you know, nine was at nine plays. Uh, I think it was 65 yards. And then only took maybe two two minutes or something. Yeah, it was, you know? I think it was less than that because they didn't oh, – may, well, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't remember how much exact time they had left. I got a note here somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, not nine, 65, two or three. Yeah, nine plays, 65 yards. There you go. Two minutes, three seconds. Six passes, right? One mm-hmm. run, only one run and one scramble. So it would have been a seventh pass. He scrambled on that one. That was early in the drive. Um, I think picked up about 14 yards, you know? So, I mean, you know, he, he played, he played well, I thought, you know, and again, he didn't seem rattled and he was, he was in control of the ball game that last drive. So that's, that's a positive uh, for him. I mean, obviously he would like to have the interception back and the miscues on particularly with Andrews in the late one to Hollywood, but, but yeah, so I think you know he has not played his best football in the in the previous uh, previous contest, but he bounced back well in this one, you know. Yeah. And I don't really even fault him that much in the New England game, for God's sakes, with that weather. Ter- terrible but, um, weather. Yeah, but I know a lot of people uh, wanted to ignore that and kind of just hammer the kid. But um, you know, he's he, he's okay. He's all right. This game is obviously going to tell a lot on Thursday. Um, you know, be nice to know that they're going to have a, a fighting chance with, you know, um, being well staffed, I guess, because we don't have any names right from COVID yet. We don't no, we, we, know. Names. We'll, we'll, we'll hear tomorrow. I just want, yeah. I want to go back about one point about Lamar here, because I think this is important. Sure. I, what we've always seen from Lamar is outstanding drives at the end of the half when it's freestyle four receiver, one back or even four ten, where you, where you have a, uh, you know, a tight end in there. Uh, we, we, we see these great drives consistently to make use of a limited clock at the end of the half. And he did that again at the end of the game. And I'm wondering, you know, we saw some of it in the Colts game in the second half. Absolutely. Can't they turn the light switch on and off just occasionally and say, let's have a drive like that. You know, the defense hasn't played too many snaps maybe in this game, but they haven't played too many snaps in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. We can afford to, you know, lose the ball in, in three plays if it happens. But if, you know, if we have one of these back-breaking, punch-it-down-the-field drives, right. as Lamar's been wont to do, I mean, this might be a, a, a weapon. Lamar's not really a traditional no huddle guy that really likes to call it out the line of scrimmage. So I think you need to have a maybe a set of scripted plays or or a you know a set of five plays you're ready mm-hmm. to run under mm-hmm. those circumstances. But it seems like that'd be effective. No, I, I think you're right. I, I and pace works for him. It works for the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, you mentioned the Colts game. I mean, that first drive in in the in the third quarter. I think they went um, they went. 
I know they went three passes. I can't remember they went four passes to open up, open up that drive, open up the second half. The drive ended in a rare fumble, rare two from Gus. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they moved the ball, and, and, and the Colts didn't know what was going on. I mean, you know, Snead had a couple of catches. Boyle, Boyle got matched up, I believe, against a, a, a edge rusher. You know, um, huh. that's how that's how surprised the Colts were that the you know that that, that the Ravens were looking to pass for the um, for the fourth play in a row, or at least three out of four plays. Um, Boyle got yeah, edge rusher gave him a simple move, you know, and got down to the red zone. So it it works running the ball on first down all the time. Well, not all the time. It would be fair, but almost all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not fooling anybody. That's not yeah. fooling anybody. Well, they also, when in so doing, Dobbins' strengths as a runner are different from Edwards and Ingram. And last year, they ran a lot more out of the pistol, a much higher percentage of snaps. And that gives you a much better read opportunity for Lamar and much better play action opportunities. The linebackers bite much more on that power read. And it's something that is... Uh, is really missing, I think, from the offense. But if you go back to having one back in the backfield, and you can put him in the pistol sometimes, you can put him sidecar other times, but when he is in the pistol, you're, you're going to have a, a really good play-action opportunity you can take, you can take mm-hmm. advantage of every down, like the Titans did on offense in this game. Correct. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I really hope to see more of that. Um, I think it's proven that it's, it's effective. Um and I don't know. It's I don't know what's standing in the way of that, other than you know perhaps some stubbornness. Right. We we talked a little bit about some various scheme issues, otherwise in this game. But I want to talk about Des Bryant a little bit uh, in this game too. I mean, obviously people love the fact that he caught four passes and made a big play <laughs> in this game. Sure. I, I want to remind people that he had five targets for twenty eight yards. His first target was the only one that was, I think, past the line of scrimmage or certainly past the line of scrimmage by more than about a yard. Mm-hmm. And that one he dropped, even though there was a holding call also on the play. Right. Yeah, he, th- that drop, you know, I think his, his back was to the camera. So I, I couldn't really like dissect, you know, that mm-hmm. drop too much. It looked like he almost double caught it and then may have kicked it out of his own hand, you know, like with his thigh or something as he was kind of going forward there. But, um, I, um, yeah, you know, I, I'll take whatever I can get from Des Bryant. I don't think he's the, um, you know, he's the man beater that he, that he once was. Um, I, I, I think he gives you, he's going to give you effort. Certainly seems like he's, he's happy to have a job and he's happy to be on a winning team. And, um, I, I, he probably, you know, likes the unit, you know, that is with the guys in the, in the wide receiver room, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to take him, you know, take it as it comes, man. I, I, he could still probably win a slant against tight coverage. You know, he, he could probably, you know, you know, do a swipe and kind of, you know, uh, get a good comeback in there and whatnot, but he's not, he's not going to, you know, suddenly put up, you know, uh, uh, 80 yard games on on six catches or whatever from here on out you just have to kind of take take what you can get with him well you know I, if it was supplemental i'd be all for that my problem is that we're down to 23 percent boykin snaps and 20 percent duvernay snaps and boykin you can love him or hate him as a receiver but he does give you a threat and he and he gives you some 
outstanding top shelf blocking. Probably the best of just about any receiver in the National Football Yeah, no League. doubt. No doubt about that. And Duvernay gives you a dangerous guy mm-hmm. who can create big plays. You know, if Brian is going to be a guy who's 5.6 yards per target, I'm just not that excited. And I, and I don't like it better than the other alternatives as much as, you know, yeah, I, we've seen. I, yeah, I, you, you put it that way, it causes me to think, you know, put myself in, 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 in Roman shoes. And, and then... And then I'm going to say or ask a question: Why? Mm-hmm. What, if you're going to if you're going to put a you know throw a change up, I don't know if that's you know the pitch you really want. I I get that okay you can't having Bryant and Boykin on the field at the same time is probably you know not ideal either. But generally to date, you're not getting the ball into Duvernay's hands enough, in my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So that makes sense. I, I I think that's that's flawed, but at least that makes sense. So Des being out there based upon, you know, the, the, the games that have been called to date makes sense. You know, it's, it's it follows that same logic. I, I just think it's it's flawed thinking generally, if I'm if I'm making any sense right now. Okay, so I, I'm 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 not understanding which side of this you're coming down on. Are you coming down on you'd rather see Boykin and Duvernay snaps than Bryant snaps, or are you coming down on you're real happy to see Bryant get the amount of play time that he did? I would rather see see Duvernay snaps over either Boykin or Bryant. Okay, all right. Well, if, fair if, enough. If, if we're talking straight passing game, right? Straight effectiveness um, and optimization of the passing game. That I want Duvernay out there. Okay, and I, I would agree. He gives you the most in the passing game, and 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 uh, Bryant, sorry, uh, Boykin gives you a lot more in the run game. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just, I guess I'm saying I I see an optimization that's easier to make with a combination of those two players than including Bryant, who gives you less than one as a receiver and less than you know, the other as a blocker. And I just, I don't know who Des is as a blocker at this point. I really haven't seen much from him. I know he's not any different so far than what I expected as a receiver. He was, mm-hmm. he was like this, his last three years at Dallas, a little bit more productive, but I'd expect him given that he's, you know, four years older than the average of those last three years at Dallas, sure. that he would be, you know, not as good. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I, I can't honestly cannot remember. Was he ever uh, uh, an above average blocker? No. Uh, I, uh, other than just using his size and, and, and length. I could look it up on PFF, but honestly, I really don't know. Yeah. So I, I don't think he was certainly. I don't recall him being praised for his blocking. Yeah. Cer- certainly, I, I do not remember remember that. But yeah, look, I. I mean, Boykin, I like him. I love what he brings to the table. You know, as, as you called out um, uh, in the run game, obviously. But um, it's just, it's it's so just frustrating to see um, the miscues um, that he has had with, with Lamar earlier in the season and just the, it, he, he will struggle to gain separation because of his physical nature and particularly his stride length with a stride length like his, there is no, hesitation there is no pace there is no burst it's all build up mm-hmm. right he is 100 build up um and and it's hard to win in the nfl if all you have is one gear 
no matter what size. So you want right? shorter steps and higher frequency is what you want in a, in a great NFL receiver. That's what At, Antonio yeah. Brown maybe gives you. Yeah, absolutely. And even uh, receivers his size or even bigger. Mike Evans is, has an inch on Boykin. He has he has quicker turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at, I tell you what, you look at. I don't know if you watch any college film at all, but um, Terrace Matt, uh, Terrace, um, I'm gonna say Matthews. I don't think that's his last name. I'm drawing a blank right now. Marshall, excuse me, Terrace Marshall at LSU. Mm-hmm. He's listed at six three. He might be six two and a half. But watch him run, and I'm almost. 100% positive that he's been trained to shorten his stride. Hmm. His stride, his, his turnover is pretty quick, but it looks so unnatural. Like he's still kind of getting used to it, but right. it's very effective. Um, and yeah, so, but if you just have that one, that one just long, elongated stride, man, you, you're, you're so easy to read. They, they, they see your breaks coming two strides away. Because you you have to be able to throttle down fast with with shorter steps and come out of your break the same way to be effective. And he just can't. He physically can't do that right now. That's a, that's a truly excellent explanation of that, AC. And and one of the things I've been saying about Boykin is that he needs to have, like Brown, also really another saleable route. And basically, I'm thinking comeback route for the back shoulder throw versus go deep on any sort of vertical, whether it's post sluggo, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to have that second route to complement that, which forces that defensive back to be honest. And if his stride length isn't forcing any sort of honesty out of the defensive back, then obviously that's, that's a, would be a very big key as to why he's been effective. But great explanation there. Yeah. And, and I think the result of that ultimately not, you know, you know, it sounds like I was hammering on Boykin there, but I, I, I liked him. I liked the pick. I had him um, actually um, ranked in and him placed in the third round you know, on, a, on, on my little armchair GM board for the draft. Um, but what it does, the effect of that is you're keen on Andrews for whatever reason. And we can talk about this later. Hollywood's giving you nothing. And you don't have to worry about Boykin. Man, the Ravens are very, very easy to defend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would need to. They would need to find some other way to get a weapon out there. And I, I, I just, I'm not convinced Bryant is that guy. Even, even if, if every other team said we're putting on a mile island and it's a smoke route and you can have four or five yards most of the time, right. I still don't think it's really worth it. No, I, 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 yeah, no, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. He, he's not, he's not the answer. He's, he's a stopgap. I think the fact that he's here, um, kind of tells you what what the staff thinks about, about the unit as a whole, which right. is unfortunate. Well, hopefully they'll, they'll get that guy that they need in the draft next year. Let's turn it over right now. Talk about a couple players each. Uh, you pick a guy you liked in the game, or maybe you had something to say about, and, and we'll each kind of make a point. And we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, again, I, I come back to, uh, to Jacqueline. Um, I, I've, um, I'm just really high on him. I, I, I was a little lukewarm about the pick. Love the player. Um, has always I've always loved the player. Um, the the pick though I thought it was a little bit early, um, and I think when you get a player like that, boy, do you really have to use him in 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 all aspects of the game. Obviously, the one aspect that you know you want to see um, him secure is that pl- pass blocking role, so you can keep him out there for three downs. Oh yeah. And 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 like we talked about earlier, he seems to have that down. He did have the one big miss. 
um, against Tennessee. But, um, you know, he has consistently, which is the important thing, been a very good pass blocker um, at running back. And I, I hope in the future, whether under this OC or another, he is utilized, um, you know, uh, to the max. Because I think he can certainly be a Camara type player out there um, for for you know for as long as his body will hold up. Yeah, I, I, that is really the question with a second round draft pick. I hope the Ravens are smart about it, and you know it's you hate to hate to limit a guy's career, but I think he's probably a one contract back given the workload he had at Ohio State, and he'll, he'll you know hopefully the Ravens just will use their normal organizational judgment and say we can save money at running back draft the next guy as opposed mm-hmm. to uh you know spending a lot of money but they've been so successful at finding these fringe guys who end up being good players like edwards and collins and Forsett and right. all, all these guys right. the last few years who who worked well with the offensive line coaching they've had yeah and that's exactly what gave me pause about the pick mm-hmm. not the player but the pick you know um second round it's like ah, this team flat finds running backs all over the place you know they must really really like this guy yeah. um more than i even do so it's, it's something about when, when DaCosta makes a pick that goes against the normal organizational philosophy of you know not drafting a running back high, for example, I think, okay, boy, that's not need. That's, mm. that's a real value pick he's getting there. So I almost like the pick more in that situation. Honestly speaking, I did not like all the draft capital spent inside linebacker this draft. I did not like it at all. I think yeah. you can do much better with platooning. No, I, I, yeah, I know that's, uh, that is definitely your philosophy that I, um, I, I agree with it more than I used to, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. O- o- over time. I don't, I don't, you don't have me, uh, 100% sold yet, but I, I, I do see a lot more of your point than I used to. And, um, talking about second contracts, how good does that guy have to be? you know, to, to earn, you know, a, a, a top five contract at running back. Um, or at inside I'm sorry, linebacker? at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if, if Mosley was good, right. He was great. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, <laughs> I'd have been scared to death if the Ravens paid him what the jets did. Absolutely. You know, my, my immediate response is, okay, yeah, I'm glad we didn't pay it. Yeah. Because if, too. if, if they had, what it does is puts you in a terrible injury bind because you 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 can't replace that unicorn. You can if you have individual platoon players who each contribute something and they're eighty percent of that overall great player. You pay a mm-hmm. lot less for that, mm-hmm. and then you can they're very replaceable. I mean, you know, replacing your dime back, they're not doing it this year. I mean, they haven't successfully done it, but it's easy as hell normally to right. find an additional safety yeah. who's a better cover guy than your second mm-hmm. best linebacker. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. I'll pick another player. I was a little bit surprised that Ricard only played 23 snaps in this game. Even with Boyle gone, I thought, you know, maybe they'll use him a little bit more. I was happy to see that they used him uh, for a reception, and he he looked pretty good with the football. Well, as good as he can with the football after he he caught the ball. (laughs) Yeah, um, I've been (laughs) a little vocal about um, Ricard the last few games. I... To the point where I was calling, you know, those um, swing passes to him, you know, just like, you know, a, a wasted down, hmm. you know, quite frankly, um, not because anything to do with, I mean, you know, we know his skills and his skill set and we know what he brings to the table, but he's so easily keyed on 
in those situations. Um, you know, his motion will often take you, you know, to the ball or at least tell you where the ball is going. And same thing with um, when he gets a pass, right? It's not like he's not sneaking out the backside. He's coming to the front side. So it's, you know, a, a two-yarder. It's like, what are we doing? You know, you know let's, we need to be pushing the ball downfield. Uh, so when he's on the field, I'm, I'm like, okay, let, you know, let's, let's pick up our, you know, our three, four yards, you know, um, off the edge or something, you know, in the running game. But uh, yeah, let's not, let's not, uh, we don't need to throw in the ball at all. I'm not sure that's, um, that's moving the needle on, uh, on win probability. All right. Well, he's had four touchdowns career receiving, uh, but he's a 3.8 yard per target guy. Not completely fair to a guy who gets so many red zone receptions to judge him by yards per target. <laughs> right. True. But, true. but I, the point I want to make is that's not that much below what we got out of Des Bryant. In this <laughs> guy. So, let's just bring it back here. <laughs> Anybody else you want to mention? Um, Marlon Humphrey. Okay, Marlon Humphrey, defender, so we can't do it on this show. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. about that. I, I was going to sneak it in there. Uh, just something – I know you're, you'll edit this out. Something, <laughs> something to tuck away. Is is he okay? Is he fully recovered, do you think? I I, I wouldn't know how to judge that, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume either. to do it. But, guy, he does not look like the same player. All right. He really well, fair doesn't. Enough. And I won't edit that out. I, I'll, I'll name one more player, though. I thought that Luke Wilson had a pretty good game. It was only 11 snaps. They almost all used him as a blocker, but he picked up some of that blocking responsibility, and I think he'll become more of a play-action threat for the Ravens. He can catch the football. Uh, he'll, he'll be a, a player, I think, who can help the Ravens down the stretch. And I expect him to be one of the guys who gets permanently elevated once they get through all this mess of, of weeks of available COVID call-ups and, right. and practice squads. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they have to they have to fill that void, you know, and obviously, yeah, you cannot expect him to give you what Boyle gave you gave you. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure no one expects that, you know, at the castle there, but um, they certainly really need another presence um, in the in the passing game, you know, out of the sets that, that they like to run. So, yeah, that, yeah, I'm, yeah, it'd be again, another guy who was obviously wasn't even on the team when the season started. Um, and, and that in a, in a vacuum, you don't think much of, but you know, guy like this, you want to see him get in the game and just, you know, just produce, right. And he doesn't have to, you know, uh, be catching Hail Marys at the, you know, at the final whistle or things like that. But you you just want to see a guy like this perform and produce and, uh, you know, and do well. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what he's got here. Okay, we've got an interesting question here in the mailbag I want to try and address here because I think i got the right guy to try and address this. Uh-oh, okay. But here it is. Are there any particular philosophies or concepts you'd like to see integrated into the offense or defense this offseason via coaching hire, so an, an mm. additional offensive assistant or even an OC, uh, such as uh, the Oklahoma Lincoln-Riley system? So I'll answer the last part. <clears throat> first, um, I'm not uh, particularly, um, I guess, tied to uh, any any system out there. I- I've watched the Oklahoma system probably more than any other, um, and that was probably solely because coming into 2019, you know, and you read the same articles I did um, about um, 
kind of like the, the the tour, I guess, that that Roman and perhaps even Urban and others were taking. Um, and I think Harpal, too. And it's trying to learn from, uh, uh, you know, different systems. Uh, you know, I know they talked to, um, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who I'll, I'll always love, Paul Johnson, <laughs> talked to him quite a bit and, and, and others. And it's trying to, you know, borrow, um, you know, different portions of, uh, of, of different schemes out there. So I really don't know um, what actual scheme I would favor. Generally, I do want more versatility. Um, I would love to see some option routes. I would love to see um, a more aggressive uh, play calling on first down. So quite simply, more passing on first down. So I would. So obviously, how do we get there from here? Well, I'm also talking about moving away from run heavy, run first uh, offense. I think they have the receivers to do that. They need more, right? They do need that 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 man beater, you know, mm-hmm. guy like Allen Robinson who may be on the market, or um, one of my favorites right now in college football is um, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, one of the three, I believe, St. Brown brothers. He's at USC. Um, his uh, older brother is at, uh, I believe, he's still at Green Bay, but now on the IR. But um, you know, guys like that who can just you know beat you one on one, you know, with their feet. You know, they're in a little shoulder fake, head fake, their eyes, you know, great extension, great radius. They can, they can make that tough catch. So I want to see an offense. Yeah, you know, you know, we don't, they don't need to be slinging it, you know, uh, uh, you know, 60% or 65% of the time. But um, they, they have so much speed. I don't know if there's two teams faster than the Ravens on offense. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the Chiefs. And it, and it, and it, but that may be a close. That may be a close race. It might be a close relay race. Well, the I Ravens don't, know. don't use all their speed. That's for Not sure. At all. They, Justice Hill isn't there. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, Boykin, you mentioned is a is a is a long strider, so that mm-hmm. negates some of that value. And and whatever Hollywood is doing right now, or the fact that the defenses are are gravitationally pulling towards him, uh, that may be negating some of his speed as well. True, true. And and Duvernay, uh, I believe, was a state champion. Oh yeah. Uh, track guy you know out of you know probably the fastest fastest state in the union um year in year out which is texas so yeah they're not using their speed at all and and i i you i think you really have to do that if you if you don't i i just don't know what you're doing you know i think two two things i want to see out of the offense the one and we've talked about both of them on the show one is more max protect to create extended plays that are more efficient so you you keep two guys in you dribble one out at three and a half seconds and you get a better short receiving opportunity or a better run opportunity for lamar the second one is i want the light switch off and on to go to this no huddle version of the offense occasionally where they can just kind of go very fast paced play action most plays and uh, and and drill the way we saw it against the Colts, right? Yeah, because it's exhausting on your defense if you live there all the time, right? Because they're getting back on the field a lot sooner than they yep. probably would like. So you can't do it all the time, absolutely. But yeah, again, and, and we've seen it, right? We've seen um, well executed um, end of half, end of game drives. We've seen, um, I believe it was three drives in the second half of a Colts game mm-hmm. um, that were uh, incredibly well executed. Um, and even overcame uh, a couple of penalties in those drives too. Um, 
but then you get to the red zone and you go run, run, run into a loaded box. You know, it's like, ah, come on, you know, but so, so certainly more and more consistency around that. But, I, but, but I think, yeah, I think together what, what, what we've called out here, um, that's the kind of scheme and approach I would love to see uh, in 2021. All right. AC, pleasure having you on, buddy. This is some really good discussion. I love some of the some of the things you've told me about uh, Miles Boykin long long striding it. It's certainly something I have to look for uh, when, when I look at receivers going forward. But you always learn something from, from somebody who really follows the game the way you do. It charts a lot of football and, and has the kind of knowledge of college football you do. Really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Well, thank you so much, Ken. I've always been a fan of yours. I don't listen as often as I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> to your podcast, to be honest, but I, I read everything that you write, and um, I'm very much appreciative uh, of uh, what you put out there in the public domain, so that people like myself, you know, can learn and 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 stay abreast. And uh, so, thank you for doing what you're doing, and uh, thanks for inviting me on. It's uh, uh, a great pleasure. My, my pleasure as well, uh, AC. Tell us where if people can find you on Twitter or where people can contact you. Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, at Big Play Receiver on Twitter. All one string, uh, no underscores or anything. Big Play Receiver. Um, and that's where I live um, uh, pretty much all the time talking football. All right. Definitely a very worthwhile follow. And uh, I'll make sure to include it in the uh, in the promo for this show. But uh, give him a follow while you can. Some good visualizations we have coming up anytime soon, AC? I'm going to get back to that on the other side of Christmas. All promise right. you. All right, very good. I'm looking forward to that, buddy. I want to tell you what's coming up here on the on Film Study Baltimore in the next couple of days. We've got a very condensed week, so the Know Your Foe episode is already out there as you're looking at this on Wednesday afternoon. The By the Numbers is already out there. This is actually the last podcast of the week, and we talked a little bit about the offensive line scoring. That'll be out a little bit later in the day if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool Washer with industry-first 2-in-1 removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.